Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears. ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko. Live from the old National Bank Studio. WMVP WSHE HD2 Chicago. A good karma brand's radio station. have been listening to Christmas music in my car the last two days. And you enjoy it? Yeah, I just, I finally, I felt like I was not in the mood. in the spirit yet. And you know, the weather's not going to cooperate. You're going to have 51 degrees on Monday for uh, Christmas, so you're not going to get that, the chilly uh, white, Christmas white Christmas that you'd be hoping for. I don't mind that. You don't, you don't mind that? No. I like a little bit, maybe the two inches of snow. You yeah. know, on the branches. Yeah, when know, it first falls. That's why I prefer it. Yeah, prefer it. The problem is that anytime the, the snow falls, uh, it rains like three days later and it takes everything away. It, or right. it warms up and everything melts before it even hits the ground. And so it, it becomes crazy. gray and slushy. Yeah, gray and slushy. But it goes away quickly. Yeah, hey, and welcome it seems in, everybody. Like every storm that's happened over the last four or five years, yeah. it's warm weather right after and the snow right never after. sticks around. Yeah. Yeah. Is that what they call global warming? No, that's not what they call it at all. No? Yeah. That's climate farce. Is that what they call it? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I believe. All right. Uh, hey, welcome in, everyone. It's Carmen and Yurko Peggy filling in for Carmen uh, today as well. You know, I'm, I'm hearing the sound from Hallis Hall coming out of Hallis Hall this week. And I told uh, Chris Black, I said, it's like performance review week. Everyone's being asked to uh, about their jobs this year. Justin Fields was asked about his job this year. Uh, Luke Getze, I don't know if Luke Getze was actually asked, but Matt Eberflus was asked about Luke Getze's job. So that game on Sunday, that loss, how much should it have an impact on the performance review when Ryan Poles sits down with, let's say, Matt Eberflus first? How much should that well, game have an influence on his performance review for the year? That, that is the trifecta. That was the third of three. I go, that, that's what it is. That's the problem. It's the third of three. Yeah. They're very similar in fashion. Fourth quarter leads, couldn't hold on to. Catastrophic loss against all statistical analysis. That's the third one in a row. So I'm not in a row, but the third one of the year. This year, yep. And guess what? That's a problem. That, that's going to be a problem. Now, either they're going to be able to admit they're going to have to get past it and get over it and see through that and maybe see better things uh, in, in the performances and in the coaching over the course of time, or you can't recover from it. And we're going to find out. I did the podcast today with uh, Pat the, uh, the Impaler. And <laughs> He's not an Impaler. What, what is he? he Pat the what? I- Pat the designer. He's not an impaler. Yeah. What do you think? He's walking around with a, a sword, a sword yeah. and he's just impaling yeah. people? Pat the designer. And I, I basically said, I'm going to be looking at this at the end of the year from afar. January 8th. From afar. Um, like uh, out on the, the, the Pacific Coast at Mavericks. You know, the, where the big break comes in 40, 50 feet. Yeah. I'm going to be sitting on the outside watching everybody do their work and do their surf and get in there, get in the pipeline, get out. Get to shore. I'm going to sit and watch it all, and see, and not predict what the hell's going to happen, but I'll react to what's happening. Yeah, because I don't know what the hell's going to happen. We with don't this team and what they plan on doing at the quarterback, at the head coach, the general manager. I don't at the offense coordinator. I don't know what they plan on doing. I have no idea. 
So I can't wait to sit and, 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 and observe it and then react to what they plan on doing. And at each position, I think it's going to be different. I think the coaching staff you'll find out about first. Then you'll find out about your quarterback, what they plan on doing with them, how they plan on doing, which will take you right into free agency in the draft. And I think it's going to be one hell of a ride. I'm going to put on the, the seatbelt. I'm going to buckle up, and I'm going to sit and just say, okay, here it goes. Whoo, like a roller coaster, up and down and all over the place. We'll see what they, what they finally settle on. So this is what Matt Eberflus had to say uh, when he was asked about uh, Luke Etsy and will he be the offensive coordinator next season. Yeah, we're focusing on Arizona, and that's really where our feet are and where our mindset is and where our eyes are. We're focusing on, on uh, improving and getting better and putting our best foot forward this week and, and the guys uh, in the locker room and the coaching staff and the entire um, Chicago Bears organization is right there with Good. their eyes forward to Arizona. It's never easy, you know, when you have to ask the coaches about the the uh, status of your offensive coordinator. Uh, and then, you know, like here's asking, will Luke Getze continue to call the plays next year? Yeah, Luke Getze is our offensive coordinator, and he'll be calling the plays. Oh, that's for this week. All right. I mean, I, it's awkward. It's it's horrible. They know the the noise, as Ryan Poles called it, outside of Hallis Hall. Like that's not the noise inside of Hallis Hall. Even the players were were surprised, stunned. Yeah, they they were surprised that people were asking about Justin Fields' future. Like DJ Moore was really surprised. Well, I mean, listen, you can't be rubes. You, you, you can't be a rube. You can't have your head in the sand like an ostrich. Right. I mean, at some point, you've got to see the way the winds are blowing. The winds have changed. They are blowing. All right? Right. And if you don't realize how catastrophic these three losses have been in the history and the annals of the NFL history, if you don't know, you better find a way to find out. Okay? You guys all may think everything's rosy and everything's absolutely fantastic. But when you underperform, and this is a team that's got talent, we've seen now it's got talent. It's got talent, and it's underperforming. Okay? Three wins to five wins is not a, wow, look at what a great leap we've made. That's not a leap. It's not a leap. That's like a little bit of a, a, a jump, like a, you know, a, a frog going from a lily pad to a lily pad. Right. You, you didn't jump across the lake. You didn't jump across the pond. You went from one lily pad to the next lily pad. It's not enough. And if you don't realize that you're under the gun, that you're under scrutiny, and people are looking at what the hell's going on with the Chicago Bears, I think you're being a little bit of a rube. That's what I see. That could be problematic. For every step forward they took on those lily pads, yeah. they ended up going backwards. Yeah. Every time they went forward... They'd fall back. Well, Denver, yeah. Detroit, now Cleveland. Those those three those three losses with the what you did on the field, as far as the turnovers, the 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 clock, the possession, the rushing yardage, and then the find ways to lose those games, impossible. And then you exponentiate it. It's not one plus one plus one. It's it's to the power. It's like two to the third power, which is eight. Okay, that's how bad it is. It's eight times as worse. And then if you lose another crappy game in the same way, now you're up to the fourth power. Now you're at 16. 
catastrophic. And if people don't realize that those losses are catastrophic, then I can't help you. I cannot help you understand why people ask questions. They ask questions because this team should be better. It has performed better. It is statistically on paper should be better. And when you should be at seven victories right now and you're at five victories, then that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. And, I, and, and one of those games I'm giving away. One of the three that you've lost the way you've lost, I'm just saying, okay, that wasn't going to be one. It wasn't winnable. The other two, I'm saying you needed to have. You needed to have those games, and you didn't. If you beat Cleveland, this is a different, different storyline. This storyline doesn't exist if you beat Cleveland. You lost to Cleveland. That's why this storyline is here. Right. One more loss, you've got another double-digit loss year. And I don't care what you think you've done. You haven't done anything yet. So there you go. That's why. That's why people are looking at you. That's why you're under the gun. That's why the scrutiny's on you. That's why everybody's got the evil eye on you. That's why the vultures are flying around circling because they see a dead, dying carcass of a football team. And the vultures want to come and they want to pick at the bodies. That's the way it works. Justin Fields was asked as well where he has shown improvement this year. Everywhere, I mean, from from everywhere, I mean, I'm not about to. I, I just, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. Like I say, when, where can I improve? I say everything. So, um, you know, I, I feel like I get this question a lot. But, you know, you guys ask me where can I improve? And I say everything because, I, like I said earlier, like there's always room for improvement. So, um, you know, I'm just trying to put my best foot forward, you know, take care of the ball. Uh, that's the number one thing on offense and um, put points to the board. I told you all on Sunday that my goal is to put up 28 points uh, a week for the defense because, you know, the way they're playing right now, that's more than enough. And, you know, when you have a defense that's playing as good as they are right now, um, I mean, it makes our job way easier. So, like I said, we just have to play better complementary football when they give us the ball, short field or a turnover, uh, punch it in the end zone and um, score points. And what has Justin Fields shown the Bears for his future? You know, improvement. Uh, they know. They know. Everybody knows. You know who I am in the building. So, um, you know, like I said, I control what I can control, and you know, that's it. Uh, I'm really glad that he thinks that everybody knows who he is in the building because I don't. I don't think it's a clear picture. This is why there's so much debate about it. It is not a clear picture. I, I don't think it is. Do you think it's a clear picture? I just want it to is? be a clear enough picture when you enter the offseason that there's some options available for the Chicago Bears. Mm. That's what I'm hoping. It's a clear enough picture that at that point. Now, it may be a clear picture for the people at House Hall. It may be a crystal clear picture. You may not be happy with what that crystal clear picture looks like if you're the quarterback of the Chicago Bears. You may not be happy. Maybe they know exactly who Justin Fields is, and they've got a crystal clear picture, and everybody does know exactly who he is up there. But I'm hoping for three good games, three solid games, which allows all options to be available in the offseason. That's it. That's what I'm looking for. That's what I'm hoping for. I hope this team finishes 8-9. Builds momentum going into next year. It means the second half of this year was a whole lot better than the first half. That's it. That's all I can ask for. And then go about the business of figuring out how much draft equity one can acquire and draft capital, how much capital can you acquire with whatever moves you're going to make in the offseason. That's what I'm looking for. And then to approach free agency with aggression 
and with a crystal clear, concise area that you know you're going to be able to address in free agency because there's weakness in the draft in certain spots and there's strengths in free agency, and then prepare yourself for the NFL draft come end of April, beginning of May. That's, that's what I can't wait for. That's what I'm looking for. You can watch us live on twitch.tv slash ESPN 1000 Chicago. Check out our YouTube page as well, the ESPN Chicago page. And don't forget, you can listen on 100.3 HD2 and the ESPN Chicago app. When we come back, we open up the phone lines, 312-332-3776. It is performance review time at Hallis Hall. We want to hear yours about QB1 head coach, and the offensive coordinator as well. It's uh, Carmen and Yurko right here, ESPN 1000. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. And your go, Peggy filling in for Carmen today. 312-332-3776. That's the number that lets you in. As we talk about the performance reviews happening at Hallis Hall, if you've listened to any of the questions from the media this week, it's pretty much about the future of each of uh, the jobs of uh, Luke Getze, Matt Eberflus, and Justin Fields. And I find it interesting. Um, we don't really know. We don't know Ryan Poles well enough. No, I don't. To know what he is going to do or how tied he will be. I definitely don't know Kevin Warren well enough either. No. And that's the that's the big question, and if everyone's. Kevin and Warren and Ryan Poles are sitting talking about everything together, which I believe they are. Yeah. You know, I think Ryan Poles can think what he wants. And at some point, he's got to say, hey, Kevin, let's sit down. Let's have a meeting. Mm-hmm. And then they go about the business of discussing what they think yeah. with each other. Yeah. Well, which is what they should be doing. And this is what we're waiting. We want to see what Kevin Warren will have, what kind of effect he will have on the moves that are made in the offseason. And uh, Ryan Poles, in his first time doing it as well. So uh, you can't lead with your heart. You can't, you, you can't have emotion in it. It's cutthroat. That's the way the business world is. Yep. And and that's what is probably going to be the hardest thing for Ryan Poles in, in his first job as general manager. Let's go out to Gurney. James is up next on uh, Carmen and Yurko. Hi, James. Hey, guys. Hey, hey Peg. Hey. Yurko, you know I've been calling for years. Thank God. At least you're upset. I'm still upset from Sunday. I don't yeah. even know where to begin, man. It's just an embarrassment starting with well, starting with Poles and Warren. Will Warren be the boss or Poles? It's the same crap. Then we look at this offensive line really quickly. We're like, 70 got his butt kicked. 76 got his butt kicked. He can't stay healthy. 62 is done. 64 got his butt whipped against better defenses. No play pretty well. 58. 85 wants to block. 11 won't block. 13 won't block. 21 won't block. 24 can't block. 23 can block. Two will block. Just this whole thing. So now we have a defense that's getting much, much better. Thank God. Again, our defense is lights ahead of our offense. It's the same insanity that we've been doing for years. But then we go up against twos and threes. When our back's against the wall, we can't make a play on defense. I've seen that happen over the last decade or around. It's just the same thing. It's the same thing over and over. I like Justin Fields, but he can't get it done. I see them a couple weeks ago in Minnesota come out of the half, and the, the best drive I've seen, one, two, three, ball out, ball out, ball out, ball out, touchdown. 
he can't repeat it. He's either thinking too much or he just can't process it. And you say it all the time, Peg, we all do. If we're still talking about it, we have to move on. It's the same thing over and over. 70 hopefully can slide over to guard. We need a left tackle. We need a center. 64, if he could show up, 58's worth keeping. If Again, if we can keep 70s, we need a left tackle. We can't, 76 is probably our most talented, but he can't stay healthy. Again, over and over and over. The big thing is Poles or Warren, who's in charge? Hopefully at the end of the year, we're going to hear Warren come up and put his slam and fist on his desk. What the same crap. So that's all. That's all I got to say. We're going to have to move on. We already know what the, the, the fate of these two guys are. Getsy with his little look on his face. Get up in the box and shut up. Eberflus, I like the guy, but he's going to work hard again. We're going to put one foot in front of the other. All right, man, I had it. That's all I got. Love you. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And we're going to have to start over. That was a lot, James. 21 and 24 can't block. That's true. Yeah. 21 and 24 are unwilling blockers in the mix. They aren't. They don't want to block. 23 can block, but sometimes he's been getting beat. And 76, the health of Tevin Jenkins is a concern. Because every time it looks like he's got a little mojo uh, going and working, Then all of a sudden, there he is with some sort of crazy injury. He's in concussion protocol. Uh, and listen. I've seen Nate Davis play some solid guard. Oh, he, and then I've he, seen him get beat like a Jerome yeah, on some of the most rudimentary pass rush moves in the history of mankind. Rudimentary. The swim move. The swim move. Are you kidding me? Usually you try to swim, you got to counter with it with something. You hardly ever get beat with the swim move. And there he is, sometimes getting beat like a drum. And it, it, it's disheartening because you know he's a better player. He is a better player. I've watched him play better. I have. 58 is a stud. I do, a pre, I do like 58. He is Darnell, a stud. right? Yeah. Playing well. Yeah. Uh, for right. a rookie. I mean, playing well. Oh, yeah. He's only going to get better. Listen, he's only going to get better. You get a year in the program, get a year lifting in the offseason, get a year getting stronger, get more comfortable being in this NFL. The maturity process going into your second year, it's going to be an absolute benefit for him. Hopefully, uh, Davis is here in the offseason. Hopefully, he's making an impact. Uh, you will have a new center, Lucas Patrick's. The best direction he goes is backwards. Uh, hopefully, Tevin's back healthy. They get a contract with him, and he stays healthy. Uh, as far as Bracton Jones, I, I I don't know. I don't. I think I, I that left tackle is definitely high on their list. I know. And, and listen, you're going to get money back at the guard position. Sixty five is going to give you money back. You're going to get money back with Lucas Patrick. That's money that you're going to be able to spend. I think they've got sixty sixty five million already. That's kind of in reserves for next year. You might have to pay Jalen Johnson. I don't know what you're going to have to pay him, but you might have to pay him. They, at this point, they should. Right. You might. You, you should. It's fine. He's gone out and he's proved that he's yeah. pretty solid uh, uh, corner. Uh, you've got some chemistry going with the people that you've got back there. Fine. I'm not against it. Find yourself a number. Everybody can be happy. Boom. Yeah. If not, franchise him. Right. If you want to, just franchise him. If he's not going to agree to a deal, put a franchise tag on him. He won't like it. He doesn't have to like it. Find a way to negotiate and get the deal done. You're going to get paid. You're going to get money. Congratulations. You deserve it the way you played. I like it. Eddie Jackson's gone. You're getting money back from Eddie Jackson, too. So that's not a bad thing. And it's all right. If you keep 33, you pay the guy that deserves to get paid in 33. You got 29. You got nine and six. Okay? Then you've got other guys that you can play them with. And they're just numbers right now. Gordon Brisker, Stevenson. Uh, Jalen Johnson. We've got all the names if we've got, got to have them. But when you talk about it, we talk numbers. We're talking specific. Your linebackers are set. You don't need any more linebackers. You addressed it. What do you need? You need your tackle Dexter to become Santana Dotson. That's what I. That's what I'm calling for. I see it. 
I see it. I've seen flashes. I see it with this. You see you know what this eye is? This is the evaluator's eye. Yeah. I'm pointing to it on Twitch. You guys take a look. The evaluator's eye sees it. I can see what he can be. Now he's got to become that. He's got an offseason to get it done. 99 is the is a Santana Dotson. If you guys don't remember Santana Dotson, he was a three technique, played in the middle. He played, he can rush the passer from the three technique, but man, could Santana Dotson play the run. Him and Gilbert were a perfect combination together to help propel that defense to the dominance that it had. Okay, it was. That's just the way it was. Gilbert moved the nose. He took two guys up. It's hard to move, hard. And, and, and Santana Dotson was the perfect complement to him. And boy, could he play the run. Nobody ever gave him credit for playing the run. But boy, could he play the run. He was absolutely fantastic. And that's who I think Gervin Dexter is going to become. So you, so you, you think they've been coaching him well? Yes. Okay. He's been developing. Okay, so... Same thing with Pickens. There's a big question mark what to do, though, with who is going to run this defense. Like, that's a big question mark. Sure. They need a defensive coordinator if they keep... Well, listen, if you fire well, the coaching staff, you need a new everything. A new so. everything. But wow. if you don't fire e- Eberflus... Right. You bring in a new defensive coordinator, probably a new offensive coordinator. Or you, or you promote from within. Or you promote from within. Yep. You know, John Hoke came in. They really like what he's done in the defensive passing game. He's the defensive passing uh, coordinator. He was he worked here before under Lovey Smith. You know, I mean, I don't know. Is he someone that they they would look at? Possibly. Yeah. Possibly. Because the defense, you can't deny the coaching on the defensive side of the ball. Yeah, I mean, they've gotten better, but they've also collapsed three times in the fourth quarter. <laughs> exactly right. They've also collapsed so. If they can get rid of those collapses, it'd be that much better. Quit Let, collapsing. Let's go out to the north side. Eddie, you're up next. Hi, Eddie. Hey, hey guys, how you doing? So, I have two things. This is the first thing, okay? There's no other discussion. Kevin Warren has to bring Jim Harbaugh in and say, I want you to become the next coach of the Chicago Bears. You want full control? Holtz is out. You want to draft your quarterback? You got it. I'm sick and tired of hearing people, well, he rubs people the wrong way. Since 1985, people have been rubbing it the right way, and nothing's been done. Maybe that's what needs to happen. Mike Ditka rubbed people the wrong way, and the only one I remember that liked him was Virginia. But you know he did? He got us a Super Bowl. And as far as Justin... Justin is just like Dak Levine. You take him off the Chicago Bulls, I mean the Chicago Bears, you bring in Brock Purdy. And Brock Purdy is done, which I believe Justin Fields will never do, is win 10 to 12 games, go into the playoffs, and win playoff games, and should have won the championship and been to the Super Bowl already. After a horrific quarterback injury that he took, to come back and throw the stats out he did in the wins he's got and Shay this morning saying, well, I don't think he's MVP and this and that. That's an MVP to me who's got his shoulder on his back and takes the team with that kind of an injury coming back for it. But that's what Warren needs to do is go after Jim Harbaugh. And other than that, if he doesn't get him, you keep Iberfus and do whatever you want. I'm sorry. I you just, just give up. You, know. you just give up. You just get. You're just giving up. It's either Harbaugh or nothing. It's Harbaugh or nothing. 
Well, listen, I love Ditka when Ditka came in here. I mean, I was a youth. A young man, yeah. when did, and trust me, Ditko was no finished product whatsoever. No. When he came here from the Dallas, it was not <laughs> a finished product. But the first thing he did was upset the apple cart, tipped the damn thing over and says, we're doing it different. He went after Revy. He went after Noah Jackson for being big and out of shape. I don't know why, but that's what he decided to do. And he changed that offensive lineup. It's the first thing he went about the, the business of doing. No more big Buddha number 65. No more Reeves. Sorry, he went out and he changed that whole offensive line. Eighty-three draft. He got Jimbo in. Uh, free agent was the the center. Hilgenberg was the free agent. Bortsy they found in the ninth round a defensive lineman out of Iowa that they converted to play guard. Uh, all types of crazy. Van Horn they got in the draft, first round pick, I believe. They were they were listen. We're we're changing things up here. It's one of the first things they did. And I don't know if you need the apple cart to be tipped over. You need craziness on there. But maybe sometimes you need a little bit of crazy on the sidelines. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I completely agree with that. Maybe. They maybe need, you need Right. It. Right. Right. It's the one area they have not gone no. When with the hirings of coaches. Right. Conservative. Conservative. First-year guys. Since conservative. Veteran guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you look at the, you have the Dick Jerron You went with Wani. You went with Jerron. Jerron. Lovey. Lovey. Now, you had a nice 10-year run with Lovey. Yes. There's no gray area there. It was a good 10-year run. Very, Very good, good yes. football being played. Yes. Then you went with, uh, after Lovey, what do we have? Tressman. Tressman. Oh, boy. We went with a nerdy Lego guy standing in the back of the room because he couldn't stand in the front of the room. Mm. Nerdy Lego guy. After Tressman, Fox. John Fox. Fox. After Fox on the run. <laughs> Kansas City, uh, what's his name? Yeah, Nagy. Nagy. We got Nagy. Thank you. Thank and, you. and now got we've got Eberflu. And what yeah. if I told you that Eberflu has the worst win percentage in Bears history? Which is what's so... With all the names we listed it, off that it, were him, bad. Him right? And the great Abe Gibran. Yeah, that was yeah, great. No, Yurko's right. Gibran yeah. was uh, yeah. Gibran. Uh, 274 win percentage. Iberflus is 258. Yeah. Yeah. Worse I mean, than Gibran. Right. Well, and then that's why people say, well, you can't, you can't include uh, last, last year, year because they were purposely trying to lose games. They were tanking. Yeah, I remember. We've, we've brought that up. All right, so then you're going right, to... So, so here, Peggy, add, add this to it, right? You give him an extra year because Fox got three years, correct? Right. Can he get to Fox's 14 wins? He has eight right now. Can he get to Fox's 14? Well, I, listen, he might, he might have three more coming up here. I mean, right. We're talking about Arizona, Atlanta. Sure. And, and, and a Packer team that looks like it's trying to fizzle its way out of the playoffs also. So do you give him the extra year because he will he'll pass that that stature and wins right like and then we assume they would be better hopefully next year. You would think. Yeah, you'd make that big assumption. You so would so think. he wouldn't. He would if if but, they gave him the chance. He wouldn't end up as the losingest head coach in Bears history. I guess is what right. we're kind of pointing to. Right. I I just listen. I don't think anything is out of the realm of possibility. Uh, I think when it's Ryan Poles making the decisions, we don't know which direction he's going. Uh, I would I would not be surprised if 
Eberflus was back. I would not be surprised at all. Let's take a break. When we come back, more of your phone calls, 312-332-3776. You're listening to Carmen and Yurko, ESPN 1000. Zoning out on that Zoom meeting? Zoom, 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 Zoom. Find out what Carmen and Yurko were talking about. Tell your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. what we needed christmas music i like it i do too i do too we had some snowflakes outside i think it'd be perfect you know what i like i like little drummer boy that's my you know one of my favorites too you kill me what you kill me? the girls were looking they were smiling i waved at the young ladies just to say hey good morning how are you girls two very pretty yes very pretty young ladies yeah looks like they were from sweden they did look like they were from sweden i was gonna say the same thing on the ski team probably if i had them and not be mistaken yes yes and there's your go you know i'm a friendly sort you know yeah yes why wouldn't i i'd rather i greet people with a smile right here look hey how you guys doing everybody's doing perfect out there <laughs> oh, there's, Jordan. there's a couple of our people right out front now <laughs> happy holidays yeah <laughs> so i mean all you can do is have fun it's the best this is the best part it, of our yeah. studio if you greet people with a smile they're, they're more likely to smile bad right it's what i do i'm a very friendly man Chicago's like that, though. Yeah, it's the city of big shoulders. People do smile at you and say as well, hello. They we're not as rude as they are in New York. No. And we're not as pompous. Everyone's in a hurry there. We're not as pompous as they are in L.A. Correct. Yeah. They, don't, they do not want eye contact No, in LA. they're all pompous. They're yeah. all too good for the world. <laughs> Let's keep going on the phone lines. Uh, in Wheaton, we find Doug. Hello, Doug. Wheaton. Dougie. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. All right. Uh, my question really is about uh, Bajan. I happen to think that uh, he was pretty strong, and how does he fit in, and can he be a number one? Ooh, I don't think we've seen enough of him uh, to be a number one. There was questions on his arm strength. I think um, there's uh, there's enough to say that he can play in the league. Yes. Um, I think he can uh, play in this league for a long time, um, but I don't know if he could be a number one quarterback. When pressed into action... You saw some good signs, and you also saw some stuff that was like, oh, boy, right. needs more time. You know, like a young wine, you know, needs a little more time. Mm-hmm. You can't, uh, you got to you gotta wait, and you got to be patient. Yep, yeah. I'm Let not... it sit in the bottle on the shelf and turn it a quarter turn about once every month. I don't think, wow. Give it a quarter you. turn. A little yeah. quarter turn. Yeah, you don't want to have a residue, you know. No, you don't. Well, yeah. that's why. That's why. Up. The bottle should be tilted yeah. when you store it. I also, older bottles, I pour through a cheesecloth. You do? Yeah, so you get no sediment in there. No sediment? You know? yeah. I, sediment doesn't doesn't bother me. No? No. You like the grittiness? Well, it's yeah, it, especially when it comes to red wines and yeah. Bordeaux. It's, mm. Yeah, a little oh, sediment yes. doesn't hurt anyone. Yes, the Bordeaux. A little, a little you know, taste of the earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. I think it's good. I love a good Bordeaux, yes. Let's go to Columbus, Ohio. Hello, Josh. Josh. Hey, guys. Appreciate you feeling my call. Talk to us. Hey, I've been uh, kind of catching up on the show over the last few days, and I've really enjoyed some of the uh, back and forth about Justin Fields. Um, you know, I, I, I can't help but kind of think that, you know, a lot of the people calling in to support Justin are kind of answering the wrong question, right? Like, it seems like everyone's saying, well, if you get better around Justin, right, if you upgrade the left tackle and you upgrade the center and you get a true number two, like, will he play better? 
And like the answer is obviously yes, right? If you ask anybody in the central Ohio area or in the greater Chicagoland area, if you give them more and better resources to do their job, will they be better? Of course. Like the answer, the question that we need to be asking is that if we build this team around Justin, is that good enough to propel us over the pile of crap in this league for a long, sustained amount of time? Right. Like there are laundry lists of quarterbacks who can go out there and win you 10 to 12 games when everything around them is perfect. Heck, we saw it here just a couple years ago, right? All Mitch Trubisky had to do was just not crap down his leg, and we were going to be in a position to win the game come Q4. So when when we're evaluating, like, this quarterback spot, like, if we build around Justin, there's no doubt in my mind we can be a playoff team next year and the year after. But as you have to start to pay guys, and as guys come off rookie contracts, is building this team around Justin going to be strong enough and sustainable enough to overcome the players that you're going to lose? Well, that's uh, that's always the question. That that's just it. I mean, once your quarterback's making fifty million dollars, how much more can you spend on somebody else? Because the great quarterbacks in this league make twenty percent of the salary cap. And that's what we're trying to find out: Is Justin Fields a great quarterback? Because the sacrifices can that you be? make, right? The sacrifices that you make are usually depth at wide receiver, right? That's the sacrifice you make. Because then you've got to go young, and you hope you replace it with young talent. Yep. You guards, you sacrifice at the guard position. If guys are making too much money and you've got to pay a tackle, you've got to sacrifice at the guard position. Uh, the other place you uh, sacrifice is if you've got defensive linemen that are making too much money. You just saw it happen in Washington. Yeah. You can't pay every single defensive lineman you've got on your team. Right. At some point, you've got to make a decision on who's going to get paid and who can't get paid. Then you've got to replace it with young talent. And they uh, Chase Young and uh, Sweat came to sh- here to Chicago. A- at least Washington got draft choices for their guys. But those are the decisions and the sacrifices that's got to be made over the course of time. Safety, usually a position you got to sacrifice. If you got a guy in safety making too much money and you've got good corners, you'd rather pay the corners than the safety. Because anybody theoretically can play center field, right? And anybody can tackle better than Eddie Jackson. I mean, anybody anybody because they'd be a willing tackler as opposed to being an unwilling tackler. So that's where sacrifices got to get made. So yeah, important questions. And then as an organization, you value the positions you value and you know, as you go ahead, all right, I might be sacrificing in 2026 at this position, depending upon the, what the raise in salary cap is and how much money that we have to spend. Do you remember in the beginning of the season when, uh, or the preseason, all the the quarterback lists came out and the, all the controversy because Justin Fields was, you know, considered like a tier three quarterback and not a tier two. Yep. Well, you look at the difference between the beginning of the season and now, he's still a tier three quarterback. Right. And he's no closer to those top tier one quarterbacks. He's no closer to that. So you, if you're... As our caller said, if you are looking for sustained success, don't you want a top-tier quarterback? You have to have that top-tier quarterback. What do you, what do you consider Lamar Jackson? I think he's I, – I, I, if he's I not had a top-tier quarterback. I would say he is your top – uh, for the second-tier quarterbacks, he would be at the top I'd of that. I'd say he's in the middle of your Tier 2 quarterbacks. You think he's That's in the middle? I find him. Yeah, in the middle of your Tier 2. You can win with him. They've shown over the course of time they can win with him. Yes. 
They have won with Lamar Jackson. That is not a problem. That is something that they made a decision. We are going to play football. We're going to play offensive football a certain way. This is the way we want to play it. And if you're going to have Justin Fields as your quarterback, you've got to make that decision. You've got to decide he's going to, he's my quarterback, and we are playing offense this way. Right. Okay, you can win games in the NFL playing offense this way, the way Baltimore plays it. But that's what you're going to have to do with Justin Fields if you make a commitment to wanting to play that way. You just have to decide this is the way we're going to play. Okay, that's it. And if you're not willing to play that way, then you've got to do something different. That's just the way it is. If you're going to make a commitment to him, make the commitment and decide this is the way you're going to play. If not, then you've got to move on and you've got to do something different. And I don't think it's an indictment on what Fields can or can't do. I just think there's a recognition of what he can do and what he does well. And now I've got to gear my offense to the way Justin Fields plays football. James is in New Lenox. Hello, James. Hey, guys. How you, hey, guys. How you doing today? Great. Thank you. Hey, um, and I don't know. I might need a little leeway here, but my big thing about everybody in this city is it seems like everybody wants to scream for a rebuild, and then when we're not champions, and regardless of the sport, after two years, everybody wants to cry about it and make a bunch of issues, like Iberflus. I could see people saying that he should get a pass for last year, and he should be given at least a third year, which in theory would be a second year if you're giving him a pass. Right. But I could also see the side of it where if you're going with a new quarterback – then, yeah, you should probably bring in a whole new staff and just give Poles that second opportunity to, to get his own quarterback and get a second coach. That being said, i got to listen to people like Cap say how great the culture in Pittsburgh is when a caller calls in and says that how great is the culture in Pittsburgh when he continuously has players like Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Deonta Johnson, um, and then he's shedding these guys. And he does such a good job because he gets rid of these guys. But then you want to bash Eberflus's culture because they had to get rid of two coaches who had questionable issues. Like, you can't make the stats in this case, which they're not stats, but, you know, bad players being cut equals good decisions by coaches. And then trash a guy for getting rid of two coaches who had questionable things and make the argument on both ends. Say what you wanted to say based on you know, culture. It just doesn't make sense to me. Either, you know, you're getting rid of players and coaches that are bad, which means your culture's bad because you hired them in the first place, or you're recognizing that it's bad when it's bad and you're getting rid of them and your culture could still be good and salvageable. Like, you can't have it both ways. So I'll hang up and listen, guys. Thanks, Thanks James. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, it, you know, it's an interesting point. If if Poles is going to get a pass, then Eberflus should get a pass, too. Are you giving Ryan Poles a pass? I mean, Ryan Poles has made some good moves. Uh, First of all, you can't be shy in making moves as a general manager. You've got to be willing to make mistakes because you're going to make mistakes. Yeah, they're going to happen. Somebody that fires for another team comes to your team and doesn't fire for some reason. I've seen it happen. Eddie Robinson played for the Tennessee Titans, was a great player for the Titans. He came over to us, and for one reason or another, we wanted to blame Eddie Robinson for everything that was wrong with our defense. It wasn't Eddie Robinson's fault, but they didn't want to blame the golden guy, the golden boy they had, Brian Schwartz. So all the criticism fell upon Eddie Robinson. 
Eddie didn't like it. He didn't take it. He wasn't happy with it. And he challenged his coach, Coach Zabo, on it. And at the end of the year, we ended up getting rid of him. He went back to Tennessee and was still a great player with Tennessee. You know, he was a solid player for us. He made plays with for us. But for one reason or another, it just didn't mesh with the mm-hmm. Jacksonville Jaguars, Freddie Robinson. He went back to Tennessee and was one hell of a player for Tennessee right after that. And they beat, in 99, they beat uh, Jacksonville three times when they were 14-2 and two and lost in the AFC Championship against one player. So it happens. They made a play. They want to get Robinson for one reason or another. He didn't work out with us, went back, and was a great player for the other team. It happens sometimes. You make a play on a guy and you bring him in and it doesn't happen for your squad. You've got to be willing to say then goodbye and risk him going back to his team and becoming that hell of a player that he was before. And it's why they say they like their own guys. Let's take a break. More of your phone calls when we come back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. You know, we, uh, as, as we often do, searching online, doing our Christmas shopping. And um, it just struck me that typically this is in a good year at Hallis Hall. This is the fun time of year. And they're exchanging gifts. Ooh. Yeah, it's got to it's got to be uncomfortable. If Mooney catches the ball, it's good times this week, right? Yeah, it's all it took. Chance to go ahead and bail everybody out at the oh, end. They couldn't the do it. Difference, the yeah. difference in the atmosphere. Yeah, at Hallis Hall, just would be night and day this week. Night and day. They'd be shopping for each other, getting mm-hmm. offensive linemen things. Right, and quarterbacks getting your uh, offensive line thing. Wide receivers are getting some bling, you know. Oh, my gosh, no. No, instead, they're talking about uh, performance reviews for Luke Getze and Matt Eberflus. And this was what Matt Eberflus had to say on his relationship with Luke Getze. And uh, I, I uh, talked about that on Monday a little bit briefly. And, uh, you know, I'll go back to what I said there, you know, during the week, of course, you know, when we're doing first and second down, moving through third down uh, into the red zone, I'm always interjecting uh, ideas and and looking um, at the plan and and making sure that we're on point in terms of the protections, in terms of the routes, in terms of the run game and all those areas. Um, And then during the game, same thing, the same thing during critical downs, we'll meet um, on the headset, you know, hey. It's a green light here on this fourth and one to four or fourth and one in the quad zone or wherever it might be. You know, what are the plays? Uh, he gives me the a few plays, you know, that we've already talked about on Saturday of those critical downs. And, uh, you know, I might say, hey, I like that one over this one. or And, uh, you know, you feel confident about that? Yes, I feel great about it. And then we go with it. But uh, there's constant communication uh, during the course of the week and constant communication uh, during the game. All right. So basically on his relationship with Luke Getze, it's really his relationship with the offense and, and how involved he is with the offense. Right. That's really what he was talking about. Uh, steering clear, really, of any kind of uh, emotional or personal comments when it comes to job security for himself or for his offensive coordinator. Uh, let's keep going on the phone lines. We've got full phone lines here. 312-332-3776. Out to to Palm Beach. It's Polly. Hi, Polly. Hi, great show. Great thank, show. Thank you, Polly. Lots of football knowledge here. 
<clears throat> I got a couple quick points, please. Yep. Two moot points. When they didn't resign, when they did not hire anybody, any coaches to replace these two guys that got fired, you knew that they were going to, they, it's going to be an overhaul. It's going to be a rebuild. You're, you're hiring all new coaches. That's exactly what that told you. Number two, when they decided not that they're not getting signing fields for that fifth-year option, that told you that they're not resigning fields. They haven't done that yet. They haven't done that yet now, Paulie. May 2nd is when yeah. they got to make a decision on his fifth-year option. If yeah. you it read the article this three. week, guys, if you read the article this week where they interviewed the seven GMs that said that they would get rid of fields, yeah. the first GM says in there that the league knows that they're not signing them for the fifth-year and without being a, a douche, my brother's an agent. So I've known this for seven, right. seven, right. seven weeks at least. Well, listen, I, okay, I get so it. they're not what's, resigning. Right. What you're saying is they're not going to resign them, but that decision doesn't have to be made until May 2nd. Right. I got you. doesn't have to be made, but it already you. has been. I understand. <laughs> okay. So, and here's my next point. I haven't heard anybody bring this up. Peggy, I think you're going to hound dog this for us. There is a person that's instrumental in every decision that the Bears make, hiring coaches, drafting fields, what direction they go in. Her name is Tanisha Wade. Uh-huh. She's in charge of DEI. Yep. She is instrumental in every decision. So I think it's important that you have her on the show and ask her what the Bears are going to do, who they are going to draft. Because she was instrumental in picking the coaches, in picking fields, and the head coach and the assistant coaches, she had a say in every one of them. She doesn't know a thing about football, and that's why the Bears suck, in my opinion. Ask her who, who the Bears are going to pick. Okay. She was the one that made them pick Fields. Wait a second. Tanisha Wade was part of a committee. She's she's a senior vice right. president. She's part of, of five people that made all those important decisions. DEI. So I think it's... Yep. Right. And how important is DEI to who your quarterback is? Well, I'll tell you something. I think you're missing out on a person who has even bigger say than Tanisha Wade and someone who is extremely involved in DEI, and that would be the owner, George McCaskey. George McCaskey. The Bears are sacrificing merit for agenda. I'm just, that's why it will never be any good. Paulie, I'm not. All right, Polly, appreciate your thoughts, my friend, out of Palm Beach, Florida. Well, we do appreciate that. Uh, I, I'm just going to say something here. So it's easy to, to to point the finger and say Tanisha Wade doesn't know football. She doesn't know what she's doing. She's the one that made them draft Justin Fields. That she's the one that uh, made them bring in Matt Eberflus. Okay, let's just stop. It's a it's a committee, and on that committee. M- I think three of those guys are gone off that committee. They're not even with the Bears anymore from that committee. So what you're missing is that George McCaskey is the one that is overseeing the DEI, and he is on the league's DEI committee as well, and that he is very, very deeply rooted in the DEI. So just be careful who you're pointing the fingers at. So Ted Phillips, Bill Polian, Soup Campbell, 
Soup Campbell's gone. Right. Soup's gone. I, I, I would assume Ted Phillips is gone, or is he yeah. still on that committee to reelect? No, he's got to right. be gone, right? So, I mean, I'm looking for the three people that are gone right now. Ted so, Phillips, Polian, is Polian still a part of no. something? So he's another guy that's gone. Yes. All right. So, I, I mean, I don't know who their committee would be this year. There's Kevin Warren is in charge. Kevin Warren is going to be overlooking all of this, and maybe he'll look and say, you know, the way you've been doing it with hiring, bringing in outside consultants is not the way to go anymore. I don't know. We don't know what Kevin Warren's going to say. So, Paulie, we appreciate it. Uh, we're up against the top of the hour here for a break.